and through the the Indians came Lover's Leap. You want to tell the story? Lover's Leap is a non-story. There's a lot of fabrication in there. Well, let me give the fabricated version okay. I read, that, 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 and you tell me where it's wrong. Um, I've heard of Lover's Leap a whole bunch of times, uh, and, and as I've read, the two, I read different versions of the history of, of Camden County, and I, now I'm going to butcher this name with my hillbilly tongue, but Chief Okina of the Osage uh, fell in love with, uh, with a member of the Delaware tribe, uh, and I'm going to say this name wrong as well, Marabou, and she was in love with, a, uh, with another member of her tribe named Minius, Mentius? I believe that's where it's pronounced. Mentius. Well, she had no desire for the chief uh, of the Osage, so it came in. She was already promised to Mentius, and it came to camp, and the deal was done, and women didn't have much of a say of these things back in the time. So she fled, she fled the camp, and Okina, the chief of the Osage, was looking for her everywhere and on a pursuit, and finally he found her at this big cliff, and rather than go be with a man she didn't love, she decided she would just see Mentius in the afterlife, and she jumped. Now, how wrong is that story? Because it's a great one. It's a great fable. <laughs> there, is, there is no historical record of any of that. Uh, it, it's a fabrication. If you look at other lovers' leaps across the nation, you will find that story almost identical in all of them. Now, I really read where, in 1856, a Dr. Massey and Sarah Jane Murphy married there, and they officially started calling it Lover's Leap. That's, yes. Either way, Missourians tell good tales. We do tell good stories. Yes, we do. Um, so I read where the first white settlers come at the, uh, there was some, there was a, a, a canoe found, it would probably be from a white settler, on the Big Niangua. Now, the difference in the Big Niangua and the Niangua is what? Well, the Little Niangua and the Big Niangua are two different rivers. They mm -hmm. both head up down to the south of us, Little Niangua heading up down in Dallas County over around uh, 64 Highway over toward Bennett Springs in the Dallas County side. The Big Niangua, people don't realize sometimes, I think, it heads up down south of I-44, almost down in Webster County. So it's quite In the a town long. of Niangua, right? Uh, no, south of Marshfield. Yeah. Well, Niangua would be a little bit northeast or, or, or east of Marshfield? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, no, west. West. Okay. Well, I read where uh, Reuben and William Polk settled here on the Osage River in 1827. Is that who the y'all tell is the first white settlers here? That's probably the ones that were recorded. However, some of the uh, corps de bois stayed here, and it was only noted that they were, they were French trappers. So they were, they were coming down to say they were trying to establish good relations with the Osage. So <coughs> there is a fairly good chance, and it's anecdotal evidence, that they were here first, they stayed around, but nobody really recorded who these men were. Hmm. Um, as I was reading down through here, they, uh, when they decided to form the county, because it is a, it is a large county, uh, they set with, um, and they said, they, the governor said you could meet in the home of Thomas Pollard until you can pick a county seat and get, mm -hmm. get, get organized. Correct. And at that time, they put together a, this is always an interesting thing, they put together a commission of three guys from different part from three different guys to pick a county seat. Keon, uh, Bartholomew Keon from Benton County, Edwin Swank of Swank of Plassey County, and John Fisher of Morgan County. And they met for, this is one of the longer meetings. There was a little bit, they thought maybe they was milking them like a commissioner would do. 
there's commissioners, Mr. Hasty, your predecessors, uh, the, that first, the, first, the first Monday in March of 1841, Laban Ivey, Donald Fabric, and Miles Vernon. Now, let me tell me if this sounds like commissioners. These boys looked around the county and surveyed, and they, they had their recommendation, and they wanted $2 a day, and it was good. the whole bill was going to come up to about $18. And the commissioners thought that was too expensive. That sounds like a commission to me, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see your timesheets, sure I think. <laughs> they we, ended we, up paying we, them. We can't afford that. Yeah. They ended up, I think they ended up paying them. Uh, but, but they picked a place. Now, this I read where they picked a place called Oregon. Yes, sir. And now Oregon has changed to Erie. Now, we're, we're here downtown in Camden. Uh, and if you come through this away, you'll come right through here by the it, the, there's one of these Ozark uh, souvenir places and all kinds of stuff. If you ain't from here, big red barn. Yeah, if you ever coming down through uh, to go from Jeff City or Columbia or Springfield, you come through this part of the territory. Uh, may you come, you go through one more stoplight where you turn south and you can find downtown uh, Camdenton. But um, we're here. Uh, tell tell me now, where was the, as as you drive? How would you get to Oregon or what's now Erie and what is I think now just a village, right? Uh, it, it's underwater. It's okay. at the confluence of the of the uh, Osage and the Niangua. Mm -hmm. It was out in the bottom land there. Uh, there's different ways to get there. You can go out to Pier 31 Road, just north of Camdenton, and go up on the uh, bluff or down through the marina there, and you're standing pretty close to where uh, that little town stood, that village. Or you can go up to the end of F Highway, out of Sunrise Beach, when you get to the end of the road. If you look out at the end of the road, almost straight out, you're looking where the, that little town would have stand, stood. And it was just a few ramshackle houses, not much to it. So uh, they changed the name of that town before they submerged it to Erie. And I uh, always like to ask folks, when we're talking about moving and changing, Commissioner, how'd you come to live here in Camden County? Uh, well, my family's been around here since the 1820s, so it's just one Where'd they come things. over from? Um, well, it, it's kind of the deal after the American Revolution. Uh, a, bu a bunch of the people that were uh, part of that revolution were given land grants, and some of the land grants, as far as my family is concerned, mm -hmm. some of the land grants that they were given ended up being down in New Madrid. And uh, like my, uh, uh, I'd be my fifth, sixth great-grandfather. Uh, was a guy named Richard Westbrook, and he was given a land grant down in that area, and he moved there in 1811. Uh, I might have been 1810, whenever. The yeah. year he moved there is when they had that giant earthquake, mm -hmm. and so the, the land was deemed of no value. So they switched around and gave land grants in the Cooper County area, and then from the and Cooper County used to be a giant county as well. Okay. Yeah, covered a huge area of Boone and uh, Callaway, and, but uh, from there they moved down into uh, the lake. Of, well, the Gravois Arm, mm -hmm. Lake of the Ozark. It's Lake of the Ozarks now, but it was the the Gravois Creek then, and uh, that was probably. 1839 or something like that. Now on my mom's side of the family, they came in Miller County way and they were on just north of Bagnell Dam. I have a family cemetery that's got seven generations there. 
That's but, awesome. But uh, uh, where do you live at here in the county? Down by Progress Haven. Right now, how you, how would you get there from downtown? Uh, just take uh, Business Fifty Four West and make a left and drive down. Uh, well, I guess it's Thunder Mountain Road. Yeah. Um, that whole Thunder Mountain. And I don't know how long it's been called Thunder Mountain. I just know that. Uh, living down there it is a really strong area that attracts a lot of lightning so my house is kind of up on the top of the hill there where there's a reason why they call it thunder mountain if you go back into some of the topographic maps early topographic maps it's still listed as thunder mountain back so i think the one I, oldest one i looked at was in the 1920s so yeah yeah oh yeah so it's been around a while uh, so yeah my family my grandmother was actually on my mom's side. It's funny how they, from a bunch of different directions they came, but uh, uh, the Westbrooks, that the guy that moved from New Madrid County up into Cooper County and then down into this area, his name was Richard Westbrook. And he is one of, there's more now, but at this time there's about 50, a little over 50 Revolutionary War Patriots that are actually buried in Missouri. Oh, wow. And so he's his name is on a plaque uh, at the state capitol. Uh, those listed Revolutionary War patriots uh, buried in Missouri. But uh, on my hasty side of the family, and I've got the certificate in there on the wall, wall for the Sons of the American Revolution, uh, Reverend James Martin Hasty was president at the Battle of Little York and was present in the taking of Lord Cornwallis. Wow. So, you know, I just thought for such a long time, I just thought of myself as this Ozark hillbilly until I started doing family history research. And when I eventually got, because my dad didn't really even know who his grandfather was. There was a huge age difference, mm -hmm. 51 years, 101 years between, you know. That last thing, yeah. So, uh, I did this research and I came up with that and it just that's me, awesome yeah it made me feel a lot better about being an Ozark hillbilly yeah, I'm a West Butler County hillbilly so I can commensurate yeah uh, so. that's a great story I appreciate you sharing that that's cool and, and with, along with the lines with these Osage Indians uh, not a lot of people know that the Osage Indians were one of the largest people on right. earth uh, they were easily the men were easily over six foot and seven-footers were not uncommon. Um, and my family always told a story about a guy named uh, Stephen Vaughn, who's buried in that family cemetery, being a giant. And they said he was like six foot seven or something like that. Well, come to find out later on, I was able to figure out that he was Osage Indian. Yeah. And a lot of the Osage Indians actually took white man's names mm -hmm. and stayed here and they could pass for being white so it was just kind of well, if I met anybody like my living a giant that makes it mr molder how'd you come live here in camden county well my family uh come to camden county in the, the late 1700s out of tennessee uh, they had been uh, the first mention of a molder that i could find was uh, a from germany it was Mulder. And he was a, uh, in essence, a soldier of fortune for George Washington. 
So he, he come here with some people and they fought for money in the Revolutionary War. So really no allegiance except to the almighty dollar or the gold stand of gold at that time. And then a fellow named John Mulder come migrated over on a ship in the uh, late 1700s from Alsace-Lorraine area, which is part of Germany, mm -hmm. France, that, that whole thing. And he landed in South Carolina and spent quite a bit of time there. And then his offspring started moving to the east, <coughs> to, excuse me, to the west. The first stop was in the Clinch River Valley of Tennessee. And uh, there's, there's still a lot of molders in Tennessee. One of the tricks I do, my wife hates it, is we go somewhere, I'll pull the phone book out and start looking to see what I can find in the phone book for molders. And as I point out to her, usually I can find a molder name, but not too many of her family. <laughs> and then they kept moving to the west and ended up here in Missouri because they were following that German migration route. They did not want to go into the St. Louis region, too crowded. Yeah. They wanted to be able to have some land, so they ended up here on the, the upper lower reaches of the Niangua, and we won't call it land grass. They just flat took over. They yeah. started saying, nope, this is ours. Get away. And they moved up the river, and most of them went up the Little Niangua. There's quite a few in the uh, in the big Niangua River Valley. Mulder had, had property. Uh, the other part of that branch went down into Texas, so if you go down into southern Texas, you find a lot of molders down there, too. It, it was kind of a common thing. Yeah, they, they moved into this area, and then they moved on. A lot of them moved on down to Texas. Yep. Um, this area was highly populated in the 1820s and 1830s, and the land surveys right. didn't really start until around 1838 in this area. So the General Land Office began to divide this up into sections in the 1830s, but there were people everywhere already and I think the land grants were under you know buying the land and getting the uh, patent on it was really really cheap so, mm -hmm. but a lot of a lot of people were already here we'll talk about the uh, the property we're on right now the courthouse so it was uh, in a town now called Erie in uh, in 41 they made an order for a courthouse but nothing came of it then in 46 a 40 foot a 40 square foot building costing four thousand forty six dollars was built then they moved it to Lynn Creek uh, from 1855 to 1867. Uh, they they built a place in Lynn Creek and and for hundred and it, and they ended up selling it for scrap for 175 dollars. But they ended up in 67 after most courthouses in the state burned in those around that Civil War era. In 67 they put paid 6500 dollars for a 32 by 40 brick building, a couple stories. Then in uh, 1902 it kind of got interesting. There was a fire that damaged a bunch of the building. It was in pretty bad disrepair. And a deal was struck that the commission said, if you'll, if the city of Lynn Creek will put up 1500 bucks, then we'll put up 1000 and we'll build a, we'll build a courthouse. Well, way over budget, but some local donors came in and kind of made up the difference to keep the, the courthouse there. Um, then uh, around 1930, what happened to Lynn Creek, sir? It got flooded again. <laughs> There's actually, and, and I laughingly when I talk about the history of Camden County, we are now in Lynn Creek version three, V.3. The first Lynn Creek that you were discussing, they moved out of Erie, moved right across the, the Osage, put up a town right at the confluence of the Osage and Lynn Creek. It won't flood here. 
Well, guess what happened? Yeah. And there's some very famous photographs of riverboats docking in the town, not at the river, in the town of Lynn Creek and unloading. And they said, well, this is unacceptable. We need to do something. The Osage is going to flood us out. To, and if you drive down to where those rivers come together, not only have you got Lynn Creek, you've got the Osage and the Big Nine will all come to a confluence right there. So, yeah, there's a lot of water flowing. And they said, well, this doesn't work. Let's move up the river, up the Lynn Creek a little ways. That worked out pretty well. Did it flood? Yeah, it still floods. And every once in a while, we get one of those really big rain events. The city V3 of Lynn Creek will still flood to this day. So it's almost like a curse, the way I see it. But they will still get floods down there in town. And then, uh, in, of course, in 1929, somebody said, hey, we're building this big sheet of concrete across the Osage River, <laughs> which forever changed Camden County. And when they did that, it flooded the town. It flooded all of the Osage River Valley. It flooded the Niangwas. All of the rivers that make up Lake of the Ozarks flooded. The Niangwas, uh, the Gravois, the Glaze. And it totally turned this place on its ear. There were some people that were visionaries that said, I'm going to make money off of this, and they did. They knew how to work it. Because uh, they, they condemned everything up to 660, flood easements up to 665. So anything above 660 to 665, we can't guarantee we're not going to flood it. Anything above 665, you're pretty much safe. Well, some of these guys said, well, why don't we hang on to these old hillsides and ridge tops? And they're the ones that uh, their families are now very well off because they did hang on to it and they sold off the real estate and that's where we find our lake homes now and a lot of the buildings. Uh, these ridge tops were deemed to be not worth much by farmers. All, the, all they could see was that that river bottom dirt, which was fantastic, that's all there was. So if there's nothing there, there's nothing to be had. It also caused churches to disappear. It caused towns to disappear. Most of the towns, when you come to Lake of the Ozarks today, that you encounter Camdenton, Lake Ozark, Osage Beach, Lynn Creek, with yeah, with exceptional Lynn Creek, they weren't there. They just didn't didn't exist. So we we rebuilt essentially. Yeah. Well, it says here Union Electric did pay them six thousand dollars for the courthouse, and then in 1931, the voters voted to come in and put a. Uh, to put in uh, a new courthouse, kind of built with some federal government help, um, for fifty thousand dollars, they voted to build one. that built it here in Camdenton, right? Yeah, that's the uh, building across the street here that we're getting ready to have to do a major renovation on. The roof is bad on it, and it's starting to erode the interior wall. Well, getting on a hundred years, it's going to have to do something with it. So, right? <laughs> well, the, the roof was repaired one time, I believe, in the eighties. Uh, in, a, in the early 1980s, it was done, uh, and it's lasted that long. Well, now we've got another go around of it. So, uh, and this situation now has put us, you know, honestly, the last time they did all that work, no one cared or even knew about asbestos. The yep. building has a lot of asbestos in it, in the tiles and in the, in the uh, uh, baseboards around it. Amazingly, the walls don't have any, but because that's in there now, and there are federal laws with regard to that, we're going to have to vacate that horse, that courthouse mm -hmm. to do this roof repair uh, that we don't have any choice on. I mean, it has to be yeah. done because it's eroding the walls. So, 
going to try to get it ready to go for another hundred. Well, let's talk about civil war here. Um, when I read, there was a population in 1850 of 2,300, 5,000 by 1860, with 136 slaves. What I read was there was a high level of Union loyalist here. Right. German? Yep. That's why. Uh, this, you know, when we see Civil War movies and we think about families divided, this is where it happened. This county was a divided county. The loyalists to the Union were mainly along the Osage River, and again, yes. that being Germans. Same way with me. Yep. South end of the county, which would be down the Stoutland-Richland vicinity, Montreal, were Union sympathists. And uh, it just happened to be that way. Uh, there was a railroad down there in Stoutland. I'm surprised it didn't cause more controversy between the two groups. But the big thing they wanted to be sure and defend was Link Creek because that was the superhighway of industry back in those days. Uh, the railroad was there. It, would, it did provide a lot, but it uh, really, Rolla was the furthest south that uh, the Union Army would come on mm -hmm. that railroad. Everything else was, when you get past that, was kind of a problem. We only had one major skirmish here in the county, and that was uh, down in the, in the Stoutland area, Murphy Creek. And that's the only one that I have been able to find that amounted to anything. Mm -hmm. And it was a few-hour battle. It, it, didn't, didn't, it wasn't hundreds and hundreds of people. It was a, maybe 75 people total on both sides. And they scrapped. It's a, the battle site is on private property. You cannot attain rights to get in there. Uh, it, it was just interesting to me that we were that divided in this area. A lot of a lot of people who don't are not aware of what went on in here. When those families divided up over slave or non-slave in all of this area around here, it became a deep division and a lot of hate. And there was brutal, if, if you look at it, there were a brutal number of murders that took place across the state of Missouri that weren't part of any skirmish. It was family against family. There was a, uh, uh, and I didn't know that this was true until I finished all this research up. My family always told of a story about a gal named Lucinda Wilcox who was associated with the southern side and uh, there were several killings that took place back and forth across the family uh, during the Civil War. After it was over, she disguised herself as a man and came back to visit, and they tried to shoot her in church. Ooh. So that's just how, how deep-seated it was. Uh, and the, the stories about uh, when someone was buried, they would have to post guards for about a 10-year period uh, after the Civil War so that, so that they wouldn't be attacked while they were trying to bury their, their kin. Uh, so this well, that's legit, yeah. Shoot yeah, someone in church. Yeah, it was, just, it was just really savage here. Not, just, not from a military point of view, just between families. Right. One of the things that uh, we tend to forget when we discuss Missouri history, and it's, it's Missouri history, not just Camden County, even after we become a state, we were a slave state. Mm -hmm. We entered as slave, Maine entered as a free state. The, uh, the big thing that people tend to forget is during the Civil War, we were still a slave state. 
And if you look at the history, we were going to remain a slave state under Cleburne Fox Jackson, the duly elected governor, who was pushed out of power by a military governor by the name of Lyons. And he marched on the, the Capitol after telling, the, uh, telling Jackson at a conference up in St. Louis, no, this is how it's going to work, and I'm going to throw you all out. And he did. He how marched. much better could the state's history have been if Lyon would have been a better leader? Boy, that is a difficult question. Yeah, I don't know. You read, you read Sterling Price's stuff. He, he wanted us to stay out of it and go up the winter. Yes. He would have chose the South, but he did not. He had real doubts if they could win until he met Lyon and realized what kind of people they would be under. Then he was ready to fight. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think Price probably, the governor, you know, while he was powerful, you had to have a if, if – he would not have probably went against Price. Price would have had more influence with people, and he was a war yes. hero. And it just, to me, that conference where Lyon was so pig-headed and so demanding, I mean, the Emancipation Proclamation really didn't apply. Uh, there, there's very few things that, that – because of Missouri's status as a border state, um, we were treated better in some ways, but by the local military leaders, much worse. Yeah, and then you have Kit Carson that comes in as military governor, and unbeknownst to Lincoln, said, oh, by the way, Emancipation Proclamation is now here. And Lincoln was not aware of it, and they had to rescind that. Because we, were, we had the Emancipation Proclamation here in the state before the whole United States had it. Hmm. Well, it's interesting to me that that, that history uh, could have been different. You never you never know. That's the interesting part about it. But it could have been a, a different thing. Well, I'll tell you what, I want to thank our sponsors, Missouri Farm Bureau, the Missouri Association of Counties, and the uh, Missouri Association of Electric Calls, letting us come to Camden County and talk about the history. And we'll be right back after this. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the Missouri way of life. We're for worrying less about the what ifs and more about the why nots. We're for checking off your bucket list and then making a new one. We're starting a family, a business, a tradition. And if you find yourself starting over, we're here for that too. We're for building a life in Missouri and then going out and living it. And when it comes to making sure everything you've built is protected, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance. Welcome back to Show Missouri. This is Missouri one county at a time. This week we're in Camden County here at the White House where the commissioners are, commissioners meet, Commissioner Hasty, uh, thank you for sticking with us. Appreciate the hospitality. Bill Mulder, local historian with a with an absolute terrific voice. I've enjoyed well, I've enjoyed your stories. I've enjoyed how you told them. Let's talk about today. Tell me, uh, obviously the the when I think of Camden County, I think of the lake, mm -hmm. and I guess Union Electric now Amory. Yeah. Is that where it's, is that what powers the lake? You own co-op anywhere? Or? Uh, actually, a lot of the power around here comes from different co-ops. Like yep. our our power right here comes from McQueen Co-op, Union Electric, Amron. They, they do the Lake Ozark area and just a few areas in Osage Beach, but other than that, it's either Southwest or Laclede. Uh, you know, interesting, we, you can't talk about this without talking about the lake. And I know there was a lot of pushback at some angry folks whose homes and communities and places were flooded. Right. But boy, I tell you, I mean, uh, I think you, you could just take a half step back. What a blessing the lake's been, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of dis uh, there was a lot of disconcerted views back then. Um, about 85% of the people went ahead and sold out. Um, and then uh, there was probably, oh, 
want to say maybe seven or eight percent that were uh, rather than giving up their land they just gave uh, Union Electric an easement and they still their title still runs to the center line of the old channel uh, so in those cases uh, Ameren only has an easement to flood or clear brush they don't have record title and in the documents it says that as long as they have it submerged they have to pay the taxes on it even though they don't own it so a lot of things uh, a lot of things took place back then that have an effect on title today. But, but how fortunate are you? I mean, I'm, I've, uh, I'm from southeast Missouri. We have Wapello Lake. Tremendous benefit to the area. Mm -hmm. But what would Wapello Lake be if the Corps didn't own it and you could put a lake house right. on it? I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's folks that have, there's reasons for everything, but I mean, the, the nature of that lake and how, it, how you can have a home on it is really is transformational mm -hmm. and a really special thing that you right. guys have here well union electric when they when they founded this thing i'm just gonna i'm just gonna give you an illustration let's just say this table we're sitting at here is where the where the lake of the ozarks ends up being when when union electrics conceived this project it was conceived to bring power to st louis Mm -hmm. yep. uh, but they also, uh, as a sideshow, planned on going into the real estate business. So they used the Federal Power Act to condemn the land. And they condemned the land. Let's just say this room is everything that they condemned. And here's this table is the lake. Uh, they condemned everything through the Federal Power Act. And they took title under Union Electric Land and Development Company. Uh, so Union Electric Land Development Company got it all, and then they, after they acquired it all, either by uh, a purchase, an easement, or condemnation, okay. uh, and each one of those properties creates a, a separate set of legal issues for title. But when the whole thing was said and done, and they filled the reservoir up, then Union Electric Land and Development Company sold to Union Electric Power and Light Company all the lands below certain contours. And that's 80-some percent that they, when they sold it, they retained for Union Electric Land and Development Company an easement of access to the Lake of the Ozarks for any and all purposes, including the erection and maintenance of structures. So. Then they developed the land and started selling it off. Well, all these parcels that butt up against the Lake of the Ozarks were sold with a written deeded right of access to the Lake of the Ozarks for any and all purposes whatsoever, including the erection and maintenance of structures. Um, moving forward to today, that affects titles all the way up to this day when I ran for presiding commissioner uh, eight years ago, that was one of the big things that I wanted to address because our planning and zoning code had a 25 foot setback from the waterfront. You can't do that. Yeah. They have a deeded right of access to the Lake of the Ozarks. You can't take away people's land without compensation. So when you've got a 25 foot setback from the waterfront, you're dealing with, you're saying that you can no longer do what you have a written deed right to do that stopped as quickly as i could get it stopped once i became presiding commissioner 
the 25 foot waterfront setback went away and now we're dealing with whatever those property rights are in accordance with the chain of title. So about property, let's talk about politics here. How yep. far back, I know Republicans have been elected as long as I've been around down here. How far back does that go? About 30 years, I would I say. I assume there was a Depression era Democrat stronghold that, that gave way. When I was a child, it was more, more equally divided. In the early 60s, it was heavily Democrat. Mm -hmm. And uh, because they were conservative. Yep, that's exactly the case. Uh, Warren Hearns would visit here a lot, and he was well thought of. Yeah. Because of, he's a good guy. He's a, a fiscal conservative, and he gets it. Yeah. And then we had the flop, if you will. That's what I call it, where it went. Mm -hmm. The values of the Democrat Party changed from it being very conservative to being very liberal, and then the Republicans, who had more of a liberal yeah. attitude, flipped into being more conservative. Yeah. And the folks in Camden County never switched. They yeah, never switched. Yeah, we've always They're been, conservative. We've always that, been conservative. That's I was talking to somebody today, a state senator, I was driving down, and uh, he was talking about abortion. This is uh, uh, the day that we're recording this, the day the Roe versus Wade decision came out reversing it. And I was like, well, he was like, well, we used to be Democrat. And I go, yeah, yeah, but, but, but Jim Matheson was pro-life and yeah. Gerald Caskey and Bill McKenna. And whatever you think of that issue, I yeah. mean, the, the state has elected a supermajority of, of pro-life pro people throughout its history. They at one time were Democrats, were pro-life, mm -hmm. and now they're Republicans. But the, the people of Missouri never changed on the issue. Now, right. they may in the future, but, but through our state's history, been that, it's interesting how the, the, the politics can change and the folks don't. Let's talk about the schools. What's the rivalry, Commissioner? What's the big rivalry game? Is it a football game? Who's it against? Oh, probably the biggest rivalry for Camdenton would be Lebanon. Mm -hmm. And is it a football or basketball? Oh, about anything you want. Yeah. But but I would say the football <laughs> Football's rivalry. Football's a big one. Yeah. That or Waynesville. Yeah, Waynesville. There, there is yeah. a lot of bloodshed there, you might say. Yeah. Uh, these kids go out and play so hard. It's good to watch those two rival those schools yeah. against each other because those kids put it all out there. Oh, no, that's some of the best times I had in school. What What other schools you have besides Camden? I don't know if I know the Lakers, but who? Uh, what else you Well, got? in Camden County, we're going to have uh, Stoutland, uh, Max Creek. Uh, we're going to have Climax Springs. Um, a por the school of the Osage is in uh, Miller County, but a portion of the school district right. is in Camden County. With the exception of the... The lower elementary, that school building is right. in Camden. Right. So it's a school of the Osage with an asterisk beside yeah. it. Yeah. Mr. Mulder, yeah. I read where uh, Governor McClurg, uh, who was governor from 69 to 71, spent a lot of time at Lynn Creek. Uh, hey, he lived there. Yeah, give me some notable folks that came from the area. Oh, my goodness. Well, me, of course. Well, yeah. And, the and Greg. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a guy named. Russell, and I can, for the life of me, cannot think of his first name. He was a brigadier general in the United States Air Force, and he flew the Looking Glass plane. And his family grew up over Mexico. The Looking Glass plane was the the aerial platform that allowed people allowed launch codes to be done in case of a war. And he was a fascinating man to talk to. And boy, Greg, I'm drawing a blank right now. And I know there's been several famous people from here. But I'm, I'm drawing a real blank at this point. Well, I'll tell you, let me ask you a question that you will answer. My favorite question. Before we, before I ask, I'd like to thank our sponsors one more time. The, Wait uh, a minute here. Let me oh, go. You one. got one? Yeah. I, I like do. it. <laughs> this building we're sitting in here, 
that wall right there is the outside wall of Hugh Phillips's original law office that did all the work uh, on the deeds when the property was acquired by Union yes. Electric, and he is a descendant of Governor McClure. Oh, really? Because he may have done more deeds in a year than anybody yeah, <laughs> maybe ever has. Now, there's uh, a big scandal that took place back in the uh, late uh, 1930s, uh, 38, 39, somewhere along in there, because at the time, uh, campaign donations were not legal. You couldn't donate to an election campaign. Uh, How'd you run for office? What's that? Well, that's changed. But how did you yeah, run for office back then? I don't know how that was. I guess you just had to be wealthy, right? Yeah. To do your own. Yeah. Hmm. So, well, at any rate, uh, they had their, they were, uh, Union Electric was apparently uh, uh, buying off a lot of politicians uh, with regard to some of these projects. And, mm -hmm. and the in the late 1930s, the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, went after them real hard and uh, there was a Lewis Egan, who was the first president of the Union Electric Company, uh, was arrested and went to prison for uh, SEC violations. And they, they required the Union Electric Company to sell off all their land holdings at the Lake of the Ozarks, including what used to be Egan's Lodge is now Wilmore Lodge. Yep, okay. So it was originally Egan's Lodge, and there was a, a house of ill repute up here on the Niangua somewhere called the Red Feather, I believe. Uh, and they had these boats. Uh, people would come down from St. Louis, and, and they would have these boats. They'd put the guys on to go fishing, you know. Well, sure. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, that all got sold off to uh, Cyrus Crane Wilmore. Uh, well, Cyrus Crane Wilmore was actually still the same family. Uh, so it never really, uh, and it became Wilmore Lodge, but they sold all that stuff off as required by the federal government because what they did is they used the Federal Power Act to go yeah. into the real estate business, and the SEC said you can't do that. And then the guys that got caught with these campaign donations went to prison and... Uh, like I say, the rest is history. Well, one of the simple ways that they got around it is there was no debit cards and no counter checks. Yeah, sure. It was cash. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. I want to thank the folks helping us get to come here and talk about it. That's a great story, Commissioner. I like that. Uh, the Missouri Farm Bureau, the Missouri Association of Counties, the Missouri Association of Electric Co-ops. Let's come talk about the history of the state here. Before we go, uh, Mr. Mulder, if you could bring somebody down, where would you take them in the county? What would you have them know about the folks that live here in Camden County? One of my favorite spots is the Tunnel Dam area, located out here in South Camden County. It's uh, that whole big Niangua River bottom down through there is, it takes me back to pre-settlement times. Not a lot of people live out there. You've got that little lake out there, like Niangua, and then if you go just below it, you've got the big Niangua River bottom again. Mm -hmm. And it's a way to show people, when they come here and they see Lake of the Ozarks, you can say, wait, there's more. Or take them up on the Little Angle around Fiery Forks Conservation Area. Same thing. And then I can show them, and I do this, uh, people come here, oh, the Lakes area. Well, hop in the truck with me. Let's go take a look at more Camden County. Yeah. Commissioner, if you could bring uh, somebody down, 
uh, what would you have them know about the area, and where would you take them? Uh, to be honest with you, I'd be inclined to take them the same spot he was going to take them. Um, some of those areas down there that are just so um, kind of a leftover of what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, when I first started surveying in here, uh, gosh, it's almost been 50 years now. Uh, a lot of, there was not nearly as many people. The woods were more open. There wasn't a bunch of this undergrowth because they did burn off just like the Indians did. They would burn off the land every year. It kept the ticks down. It kept that undergrowth. And there was a lot more large timber open woods. And that's disappeared over 50 years. Um, very different environment here today than it was 50 years ago. And light years different than it was because when these original surveyors came in they had the field books and they were talking about what they were surveying uh, the descriptions of the land were so much different all these streams were hard bottom fast moving streams um, because it hadn't been farmed you know all that erosion that comes from those farms like the the, the glaze creek is full of gravel and stuff like that they weren't when the surveys were done. They were hard bottom, fast moving streams, all of them. So things have changed, but that area down there that, he, that he's talking about is probably an area I would be inclined to want to take people for a taste of what this land was really like at the beginning. I agree with him. Well, I want to thank both of you for the hospitality and for the visit. I want to thank you for listening to the show in Missouri, the history of Missouri, one county at a time. This has been Camden County, and we'll see you next week. Way down in Missouri When I heard this lullaby While the stars were blinking And the moon was shining high